Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show and Happy New Year to all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have a great program prepared for you. We've got David Marcus at Blue Box Dave is his name on Twitter. Uh, he does a lot of reporting for the Daily Wire. He writes columns for the New York Post, for the Federalist, for Fox. And he's going to be joining us in the one o'clock hour to talk all things 2024. Uh, Trump's team challenging the ballot bans in Colorado and Maine, and also polls showing that Joe Biden is his support among key voting demographics is cratering. And and of course, the White House is saying, you know, nothing to see here, move along. But we're going to discuss why that is happening. Obviously, my my audience is probably pretty sure about why that's happening, Um, but also what it means for Trump and whether or not 2024 is going to have a different outcome than 2020. Here's hoping. Uh, We are awaiting the release today or this week of the Epstein dock dump, which is supposedly going to reveal, I think the number is 177 names involved with the pedophiles sex trafficking ring. Jared, you just moved the mic towards yourself like you had something to add. Oh, no. uh, We already know who number 36 is. No surprise. But uh, there, there are uh, some some big names that should be on there, and I'm very excited to see these freaks but you're, and who they are. You say we already know, but some of the people listening might not. Give them. I'm going to let you. I think everybody news. knows that Bill Clinton took several trips on the Lolita Express. John Doe 36. John Doe 36. It would have been better yes. if it was John Doe 42. I think. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna number them, you know, might as exactly. well exactly There's a little symmetry. Yeah, that's all I'm asking for. Uh, yeah, so we will follow that story because, as Jared pointed out, um, one of the most outspoken victims in this case, Virginia Roberts, she's the one who has been in the media the most, um, and she's claimed that Bubba Bill Clinton was on Epstein's island at one point. So there's plenty of people who we know were on his on his planes. And we even know that from the emails that were released, from documents released in 2021, that a lot of high-profile business people, celebrities, took plane trips with Jeffrey Epstein. I think Donald Trump's taken plane trips with them, according to some documents. So this is not anything new. What could be new here, though, is whether or not Bill Clinton went to Epstein's island, because he has aggressively denied this accusation multiple times. And as I was trying to say there, Virginia Roberts has said she did see Bill Clinton on that island with two beautiful women. So this could come down to, you know, Bill Clinton. This is going to shock everybody. Bill Clinton could be lying to us. It depends what the definition of is is. Bill Clinton only went to Jeffrey Epstein's island so he could get directions on how to get away from Jeffrey Epstein's island. Yeah, he says, uh, I did not have travel plans to Epstein's Island. Read my lips. Um, yes. Yeah, so John Doe 36 is Bill Clinton. And we're going to we're going to keep you posted on that. Harvard president. There's just so many headlines today. The, the break is over. The holiday break is over. 
So do you hear that? If you're in St. Croix, come on back. It's time to get back to business. Harvard President Claudine Gay hit with more plagiarism charges. None of these headlines that I'm reading are going to shock anybody. Bill, this is the most standing headline opening I've ever done. Bill Clinton's a liar and Claudine Gay's a plagiarist. What? No way. Say it ain't so. Yeah, she's been hit with six more uh, accusations, according to the Free Beacon. I want to be very clear here. An adequate citation. I got this information from the Free Beacon. You can go to freebeacon.com. I did not come up with this information. Free Beacon did the work, so they deserve the credit. See how that works? Whenever I'm reading about Claudine Gay, (laughs) I get real paranoid. I start citing everything. So she's, uh, she's been hit with six more. So that brings the total for anyone keeping count at home that brings the total to 50 five zero and i think she only has 17 published works now i'm going to put this out because we have such a diverse listening audience and i'm sure you know some people listening right now are academics so i don't know this so if you do have information and you can you know bring a little common sense to the topic i would appreciate it i don't know if that's considered a lot because i'm not an academic i've never written one work let alone 17 so maybe i shouldn't be you know turning my nose up at 17 maybe that's that's a lot of published works um but she has 17 i will say that even if 17 is considered a lot which i don't think it is but i could be wrong um it seems like 50 accusations for 17 pieces seems like that's pushing it a little bit maybe once maybe and i'm trying to get into the mind of a plagiarist and again if if joe biden wasn't in st croix maybe we could get his take but it must be one of those things where once you hit copy and paste once it's really hard to stop you know like you know in movies when somebody's breaking the law and it's the beginning of the movie and you're getting the sense of how they become a villain or how they become a crook it's like that first hit you see it in their eyes and they're like "Ooh, this is good this is the life I want to lead. That must be what it's like. You hit that, copy paste, and you go, oh, it's that easy. I don't have to. Cause, and I'm not defending Claudine Gay, but I remember having to do citations, Jared, in school. Brutal. So bad. And then they make you do like, oh, this part's italicized. This part's underlined. This part you have to put in quotations. This part and then do a space, then do a comma, and then make sure underneath that. It's so painful. But that's why I'm not, I'm not an academic, and that's why I'm not the president of Harvard, amongst several reasons. But if that's your gig, you know, if that's the line of work you're in, you got to kind of go through the motions at least. But she didn't want to do that. So I have to imagine this is like a potato chip thing where one is just never enough. And I bet the first time she did it, I bet she thought, I'll just do it this once. Like, I'm up against it, you know. I'm tired. I'm so tired. I'm just going to go to bed. I'm just going to mail this one in. And then and then after this, I'll I'll stay on the straight and narrow. You know, I'll, I'll get right after this. But it never happened. That's, again, tale as old as time. So we will talk about that. Um, and there's obviously overwhelming stories coming out of the border crisis in California. I don't know if people heard about this. And I'm hoping to get Jessica Vaughn on because there was just too many headlines to even go through. But in California, the Golden State and Jared, you know, it's the new year. It's the new year, and that means we want more Jared on this show. I've been listening to the listeners. You're our California boy. The Golden State is now offering health insurance 
to all undocumented of course immigrants. It is. Of course it is. Yeah, because there there haven't been enough incentives yet for people to cross into this country illegally. We have to we have to offer or California has to offer health insurance for everyone. Now, up until this point, they were still they were offering it for for minors. And then I think at one point they said, "Okay, we'll offer it from people from the ages of like 18 to 25." And now it's just everybody. Now it's just it doesn't matter your age. But the part I don't get about this, maybe I'm naive. But it's like there are Americans who don't have health insurance. Yeah. But they're already getting money off their numbers, so the healthcare system is doing great numbers robbing those people. Yeah, I just You gotta replace all those people going to Texas or Florida or other Colorado or Idaho. It really is that expression that Howie always says where I don't expect any special treatment, just treat me like an illegal alien. And I'm not saying in every situation that's true, but if you're in California and you're just a U.S. citizen and you can't get health insurance, but then someone else can just by saying, I'm I'm illegal, I don't have anything, why why wouldn't people just lie and say, hey, I'm not a citizen? I'm yeah. not a citizen. I, I need health insurance. Well, they're already, they've already got the numbers of the citizens, so they already have the populace, so they get the federal funding for that. By incentivizing free health care for people to come there, you get more people to come and you get more federal uh, funding from that. So it's really it's really a numbers game but that But the, their deficit's huge right now in California. It's, it's, it's all, like $6 billion or something. It's all play money. It's like corporate bankruptcy. It's all play money. None of, none of it is actual numbers. It's monopoly money. And Gavin Newsom's the, the man with the, with the cane. Congratulations <laughs> to Michigan for the, the payout on the Powerball last night. So. Yes. Congratulations, Gretchen Whitmer. You know, I, I, um, I have a story along those lines, Jared. I played, my husband bought me a scratch ticket the other day. He, well, this is how it started. Bought me two scratchies. And I scratched one of them and I won $20, which was a lot for me. I, I never win money off scratch tickets. I don't play them that often, but I never win. And I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, 20 bucks. So then he said to me over the weekend, he goes, oh, I'm going to bring this 20 in. What do you think I should do? And, you know, logical here. I said, $10 for another scratch ticket, $10 for whatever you're going to buy. He was buying like toothpaste and stuff like that. He didn't listen to me. He was $20 on scratches. Comes back with them. I win 50 bucks. At that point, my mind starts going. Again, it's almost like Claudine Gay where you understand how people get into this. Because I started spiraling. I'm like, okay, so we got $50. What are we going to do with this? I start going on the mass lotto board to see what kind of scratchies do well. Oh, wait, there's this one already won in Drake It. We're not going to go. Oh, this one already. No, we're not going to. So I, I end up figuring this out. I say, okay, we're going to get the $50 ticket because there's one in four odds of winning with the $50 ticket. I said, we're going to go to the you know little store near my parents' house and we're going to get one of those $50 tickets. And then my husband says, what if we win? What do we do then? He said, hypothetically, we win a thousand bucks. I said, I think we'd have to let it ride. And that's when I started to realize, oh, this is why people keep doing it. Because in my mind at that point, Jared, before we even bought the $50 ticket, I was talking about a life where I had already won a thousand dollars. And I'm like, well, you know, a thousand dollars. Yeah, it's good. But you know what's better? A million, which you can win on the ticket, and somebody did on December 6th. And so we uh, bought the ticket, 50 bucks. And I said to the people at the store, I said, do you think this is a good idea? 
And the lady goes, we can't tell you that. You just got to, you got to find out for yourself. And then she said to me, come back in if you win. Let us know. Needless to say, I never went back into that store. And once the 50 was gone, Jared, I was so down and out. And I was like, ugh, ugh, I just, if I could just get one more, I bet I could make it back. Just one more taste. And uh, my husband said, listen, that ticket cost us nothing. That ticket, we're, we're, still in the, we're still in the green by $5. So just let it go. So that's where we're at. Um, that was my New Year's Eve weekend. I hope uh, everyone else had a good time. I will not be buying scratch tickets for a while because I didn't like the way it was going. I didn't like what I saw in myself. You didn't like who you became. No, and it's the weirdest thing about the lottery or scratch tickets. You start talking about it. And you start imagining, okay, so it says here we could win up to a million dollars. What are we going to do with it? And you get really, you know what you get, Jared? You get really spoiled really quick with this hypothetical money that you haven't won. You're like, yeah, but then by the time the taxes come out and by the time we pay off the mortgage, it's like, what? You're still doing pretty good if you win a million dollars. I don't know. It just, it takes you to all sorts of places. 844-500-4242. But that's my scratch ticket story for the, for the day. And hopefully for a couple of weeks at the very least. Um, We're also going to talk about illegal immigration. I mentioned California, but a lot closer to home here. Mayor Wu is making news. She, I wouldn't say she reached the level of Marty Walsh. Remember when Marty Walsh said, oh, all the illegal aliens can stay at City Hall. They can use my office if they need to. She wasn't, um, she didn't go that far, but she definitely put out enough, enough temptation for Greg Abbott to start using Boston as the next place where he's going to send his buses. I, I, I think that she made it clear that she is poking the bear here. She wants to be virtuous. She wants to say we're a sanctuary city. And then you know what's going to happen. Greg Abbott will send buses full of illegal aliens and she'll start complaining about Greg Abbott and how unfair it is and how it's human trafficking and how he's using them as political pawns and how Boston isn't built for this. Boston is in the infrastructure. It's all so predictable. But we're going to discuss that. We'll play the sound for you when we come back. One thing about me you can count on, even in the new year. I'm making changes, but one thing that never changes, Jared, I'm always chilly. Well, you know, I used to be always chilly. Now I have the Gen 40 heater, and I don't have to bundle up in layers. I don't have to fight with Jared or Taylor over the thermostat. And at home, I don't have to heat up my entire house. I don't have to heat up the guest room or the office. I can just have my Gen 40 on, and I'm warm and toasty wherever I am. Plus, as Jared points out a lot, it's very sleek and stylish. It's a very cool-looking device. Yeah, it's something that you're not going to mind having in the room keeping you warm. Uh, it's not something that looks like a hibachi grill or a jet engine or this big, out-of-place-looking white thing. No, it's got some nice wood paneling and some black surfaces. It's kind of a mid-century look, which is, is really nice. And winter's officially here. December was a little warmer, I guess, than normal. Today was cold, though. this morning it was here, and now is the time to get it. Because um, we've been able to save a little money on the oil because we haven't needed the heat, really, but we're going to need it coming up. So this is a great way with a Gen 40 heater to supplement your oil or your gas and stretch a little more life out of that. Yeah, get the temperature higher, get the bills lower, and save $50 if you use code GRACE50. So go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE50 for the Gen 40 heater. Again, that's EdenPureDeals.com. Code GRACE50 for the Gen 40 heater to save $50 and get free shipping. We'll be right back. The Grace Curly Show will be right back.
This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. I love the texters because I think sometimes the texters just want to antagonize the listeners by throwing out questions that are going to drive people crazy. And I'll give you an example. The texter who's asking who I like for the college football championship. Grace, who, who do you like as far as the, the two finalists go? I'm the last person on planet Earth who should be giving out advice or even putting in input when it comes to football. With that being said, though, I like Michigan. I like Michigan. I, I don't know why. I think I like their their uniforms better and their vibe better. I, I, I watched a little bit of the game yesterday. They seemed very passionate. I don't know a lot about the Huskies, but uh, if you're getting your sporting tips or advice from Grace Curley, then you need help. You need to check in. Uh, 844-500-4242. Let's play the Mayor Wu. I want to get this started. I want to get calls uh, from people, especially in this area, about these comments that Mayor Wu made. She's obviously been in the news a lot lately. Um, I guess she took a break from hosting segregated parties. Maybe New Year's doesn't require a segregated party. Maybe that's a kind of party where everyone can get together, like the old days. Uh, but this is Mayor Wu. I'm not sure when she said this. It's from Boston NPR. This is cut nine. Mayor Wu. Wait, no. Every person, every human being has the legal right to come to the United States and seek asylum or shelter. And um, those policies have been in place for a long time. But when the review of that individual's particular situation and the then decision to allow... um, the, the pathway to say and or work authorization that comes along with that, when that process is so drawn out, people are stuck. They, they are looking to work, looking to contribute, looking to be in a safe democracy where they can raise their families. And um, we at the city level are now dealing with many of the impacts of the processes having people fall through the cracks at the federal level. So we're working very closely with the state. Um, this is affecting municipalities across the Commonwealth to be able to triage the situation, create temporary um, housing so that families can get settled. You know, they, they they always, these politicians, they always want to let you know that they're so morally superior to, for example, Greg Abbott. Like They, they want to make that part very clear, that we're a sanctuary city and everyone has the right to shelter and everybody has the right to this and everybody has the right to that. But as soon as she starts getting busloads of people from Greg Abbott, and I'm sure she's already had a few, her tune won't even change. That's the part that drives me crazy. It's like she won't learn anything from it. Then it will just become Greg Abbott's fault. And have you heard? Because Greg Abbott now, he's passed this law. And what it does, or he signed a bill, it makes illegal immigration a state crime. And you might be thinking, well, wasn't it already a state crime? But this new law allows police officers to arrest people that they think have crossed the Rio Grande between ports of entry. And you would think that Greg Abbott did something so vile by just trying to find a way to help a situation that President Joe Biden has no interest in helping. Joe Biden's in St. Croix with Dr. Jill talking to Ryan Seacrest and Greg Abbott is like the worst man in the world. Eric Adams and and Brandon Johnson and Mayor Wu, they will not call out Joe Biden. They will continue to use these vague 
nothing statements to pretend this problem just came out of the sky. There's somebody who's responsible for this, and it's not Greg Abbott. We'll talk more about this. We'll take your calls when we come back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Okay, so I want to talk about Joe Biden's interview with Ryan Seacrest on New Year's Eve. And I also definitely want to get into more California craziness and an update on Sam Brinton for everyone who's been curious how the baggage burglar has been doing. We have that for you as well. But I was just talking about Mayor Wu. And Red State had a good way of describing this, that she's basically begging Greg Abbott to send buses to Boston. Let me actually read you the exact quote here. Boston's very diverse mayor practically begs Texas to ship her illegal immigrants. That's from Bonji. And I, I think that accurately describes the cut we just heard. And Greg Abbott, meanwhile, is, is taking people up on this offer. Like, why are you why do you continue to offer this if you don't plan to let people do it? The same thing with Mayor Walsh. Uh, former Mayor Marty Walsh. He was he was big on Secretary Walsh, Marty. Yeah, pack the can in the barnyard, as Joe Biden would say. He wants everybody to to come here, and then when people start going, well, how's that going to work? He's like, uh, well, uh, I can't just offer it up. And Mayor Wu's the same. She wants to offer this up, and we don't we don't have. When these mayors say we don't have the infrastructure for this, they're not wrong. But what they what they continue to miss every single time is that no one has the infrastructure for this. No country has the infrastructure for this. Letting people come in and out. If you want to be a country, you don't have the infrastructure for this. And so they always throw out the invitation. And I know I've referenced this quite a few times in the past. But it's like when you have a wedding, and I can say this as someone who had a wedding. You can invite everybody. You can invite whoever you want, okay? And I think they say like 15% of people will say no. But you got to keep in mind. So let's say you have relatives in Ireland, or you have, I'm not speaking from personal experience, you have relatives from some faraway place, and you go, yeah, we can invite the whole family. They're not going to come. Send them like 10 invitations. They're never going to come. You have to operate on the off chance that uh, Auntie Janine says, hey, you know what? We need a trip to America. This would be a great reason for us all to show up. You have to operate as though people are going to take you up on it. And so Mayor Eric Adams now is a perfect example. But the reason I never give these mayors credit for finally admitting that there's a problem is because, one, this is a problem that is largely of their own making, and, two, they always stop short of actually calling out the issue. They get really close to the edge, but they never go for it. They coach, or or, I'm sorry, they couch whatever they're saying in vague language because they don't want to upset Mr. St. Croix. They don't want to upset Joe Biden. And what drives me even more crazy about Eric Adams and Brandon Johnson and Mayor Wu is that Then on top of that, not only do they not want to blame Joe Biden for it, they want to get mad at Greg Abbott. Like it's his fault. And you know what's insane about the Greg Abbott situation? I just read before this how 
he signed this bill that says that the, the police officers in Texas can arrest people if they suspect them of coming into the country illegally. Because that's illegal, in, in case anyone needed an update. And all of these mayors now are, are very upset that on top of shipping people in, in buses, he's also allowing the police officers to arrest people. And so the Biden administration, Jared, what do I always say about them? They act fast when they want to. Like, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by the fact that he's in St. Croix and everybody's out to lunch and none of them can put a sentence together. Don't be fooled. When they want to, they are as fast as the free Britney people. They can come together. They're like the, the, the Palestinian protesters with the balloons at JFK. They can really gather together and make something happen when they want to. If there's a will, there's a way. The problem is that most of the time when it comes to important issues to the American people, there's not a will. But when the Biden administration heard that Greg Abbott was going to actually do something to try not to fix, but to try to stave off the problem that Joe Biden has created they got right on that. Oh, you can't do that. That's federal. Well, you're not doing anything about it. So you're going to come in here and criticize him. They did the same thing in Arizona. I'm sorry. New year, new me, new year, new me, new year, new me. Don't get, don't get so wrapped up. My doctor's probably like, geez, Grace, we said to keep it chill going into 2024. This issue drives me crazy, though. And obviously, it's always been hypocritical. But what drives me, the hypocritical part about this that drives me crazy is they did the same thing in Arizona. They have no interest in the giant open parts of the border where people are coming in using fake passports to claim that they're minors. They have no issue with the fact that there's no border security. But in Arizona, the former governor said, "Okay, we'll put shipping containers there for now. We'll stack some shipping containers and we'll try to stop people from coming in. That's when. Oh, hang on a second. The same way that they had no interest in the border until what? Until they thought that there were Haitian migrants who were being whipped by Border Patrol agents. They thought they could spin this into like an anti-MAGA moment. Not that it has anything to do with MAGA, but that's how that's how little they think of us. They thought, oh, we'll turn this into a into a Republicans bad moment and we'll we'll make these Border Patrol agents look like real jerks. We'll ruin their lives and we'll get a good. So Kamala Harris runs to the camera. Joe Biden runs to the camera. And then that obviously ended up being very fake news. No apologies issued. Those those guys can't go anywhere to get their reputations back. But it drives me crazy because it's so obvious. Like when when these brilliant minds decide to get near a microphone, decide to actually do something, decide to put pen to paper or put in a little extra work. It's only when it's political. It's only when they can say, look how evil Greg Abbott is. We're going to do something about this. Why don't you do something about the open border so that Greg Abbott doesn't have to make this his problem in the first place? If you, if you fix the border or you even try to enforce the laws, Abbott wouldn't have to do these things. But they don't care about the actual issue. They only care about when a Republican like Greg Abbott weaponizes or pounces or seizes on it. And then they come out gangbusters. Then it's like, oh, I don't think so. Not on my watch. It's it's so obvious. So this is a perfect example. Eric Adams in New York City 
He, uh, I'm going to read this. This is from Red State. He tried to block busloads of illegal aliens from entering New York City because he's had enough. Remember, he said he said this months ago. He said the inn is closed, and that that was a long, that was very far away from his tweet where he talked about how we're a sanctuary city and the Statue of Liberty and all that good stuff. So I'm reading here from Mike Miller. I'm just going to skip around. It says, bus drivers, this, this is, they can't drop off illegal aliens in New York City. So you know what they did, Jared? They decided to work around it. Bus drivers are now dropping off illegal aliens in New Jersey. And you know what they're doing in New Jersey? They're taking trains into New York City. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing how the problem doesn't just stop without an actual solution. Like this problem's a little bit bigger than New York City. We have a brand. Yeah, you you guys do have a brand. New York New Yorkers New York City has a brand right now. I think the brand is the Roosevelt Hotel and just constant dysfunction. It says no sweat for the drivers. New Jersey officials say they're dropping off the illegals at um, the Junction train station, about a 15 minute ride from New York City. So this is from Phil Murphy's office, the governor of New Jersey. Our administration has tracked the recent arrival of a handful of buses of migrant families at various New Jersey transit train stations. New Jersey is primarily being used as a transit point for these families. All or, near, all or nearly all of them continued with their travels en route to their final destination of New York City. Good for you, Governor Murphy. He's like, we are ticketing people to their final destination. They don't want to stay here. All these governors and mayors who have to act like, you know, I, you know, due to all my blue policies, all my Democrat policies, I have created a utopia. Now they all have to go, trust me, guys, you don't want to be here. New Jersey, I'm the governor here. And it's okay. But you know what's even better? Start spreading the news. (laughs) Yeah. You think this place is cool? Wait till you see the bright lights of the Big Apple. That's where you're going. And he's talking about it like it's great. I'm sending people. But but again, it's different when, when Phil Murphy sends people to New York City to their final destination... That's just a Democrat governor doing his duty, making sure, seeing people onto the next part of their trip. When Governor Ron DeSantis does that regarding Martha's Vineyard, when Greg Abbott does it regarding Chicago, that's called human trafficking. If you look really closely, you'll see a difference in the way this is covered in the media. But you really got to have your wits about you to figure that one out. All right. We got a lot of people who want to talk about this on the lines and we will come right back with your calls. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm always intrigued by a anonymous caller. Let's go to Mr. X here before we go to the break. What's going on, Mr. X? Hello, Grace. Uh, I think you do an amazing job, by the way. Thank you. I, I live in. Uh, can I say where I live? Because I, I am Mr. X. I live in Chelmsford. I've called the governor's uh, hotline 20 to 30 times the last couple months. I've called my state rep. I have a simple question. My two kids are out of the house. I have two spare bedrooms. How much would this, and I think this is a legitimate question because they've asked for people to help. How much would the state pay me to take in an illegal alien? 
Is, is that a legitimate question? It is a legitimate question, Mr. X, and it sounds to me like you're someone who wants to have all hands on deck. So we got two pair. We got we got one pair of hands here who wants to be on deck. I don't think you'll get an answer. But to Mr. X's point, the government is paying so much money for these illegal aliens to stay at hotels. And am I still on the line? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, We have a a formerly Best Western where, you know, the sign is covered up. It's now, uh, pardon the expression, a flophouse for illegals. Yeah, it's a lot of these. My house, I'm sure my neighbors would like it. A lot of these places have become migrant shelters. Mr. X, the first of all, I think that's a very fair question. But second of all, and I think Howie asked this, I think Howie asked Governor Healy's office, how many people, because she came out with a statement a while ago, all hands on deck, we all need to do our part. It was very reminiscent of uh, another another open borders fanatic, Joe Biden, saying, everybody's got to do their fair share. She was saying, everyone's got to do their fair share, you know? Everyone's got to carry their weight here. This is a group effort. And Howie was wondering, how many people have taken you up on that? Like, how many, how many households have said... I will take in a few people because I can tell you right now, I'm sure you would think an easy way to figure that out would be just to look at the signs on people's lawns in Wellesley that say hate has no home here. No human is illegal. That weirdly enough, those houses don't really take in a lot of people. That's the strange part. But Mr. X, I'm going to tell you this right now. I do not think that you would get paid for taking people in. I think you're supposed to do it like the hotel chains in this state. They're doing it, and it's financially beneficial for them. You're supposed to do it out of the goodness of your heart. Like, you're being paid in virtue signaling points. Or maybe some sort of gold star, like, as as far as your um, moral compass goes. But no, as far as cash, as far as you making money, I don't think so. Uh, nice try, though, Mr. X, and uh, Happy New Year. 844-500-4242. I'm going to play a sound cut from KJP when we get back because she's using this, too, as, oh, it's just a political stunt. Well, what do you suggest? People who are doing these political stunts, it's because there's an actual problem. They, 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 the administration officials really want us to believe that this is some sort of made-up issue. It's the gaslighting. I know that word is overused, but the gaslighting is astounding when you think about it. You can have footage, aerial footage of just thousands and thousands and thousands of people. A lot of them single young men coming into this country. And KJP would still be standing there being like, nothing, nothing unusual about this. This is just another day. We'll take that sound uh, when we come back. We'll take more of your calls. Do not go anywhere. And you know what? I'll give the, maybe, I'm going to save the Britain update for the one o'clock. Good news for Sam Britton. Bad news for women with luggage everywhere. We'll get to that on the other side. And I first want to let people know, though, that there is, you know, we're heading into, see, this is, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, Jared. But you have the really fun part of winter where it's like Christmas, New Year's, and then you hit kind of this long stretch. And what I always tell people is it's good to have something to look forward to during this stretch. It's good to plan something. It's good to plan a getaway. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I know people get kind of down. They're like, well, I can't go somewhere. I can't go far away. I can't, you know, I have a job. I, I it's too, costs too much. We have the perfect solution. We have somewhere that's close by that is so luxurious, so tranquil, so fun. 
and it doesn't cost a lot of money. And that's the Nasa Beach Inn. This is this is the solution to everyone's problem, Jared. Yeah, the Cape in the winter is definitely the place to be. Um, if you've ever been in the Cape in winter, you know it. Nauset Beach Inn, which is the only inn in the uh, Cape Cod uh, National Seashore, actually. So that's really the only place you can technically really stay on the Cape. Uh, but it's great. I went there, and uh, it was super peaceful. Uh, the rooms are quiet. They have a fireplace with a nice big picture window, so you can just stay inside. You can look out. Uh, it's pet friendly. You can bring your pets down there, so you don't have to worry about that. If you got a good friend that you want to bring along, you can watch the sunrise out the picture window, or you can go outside, sit by the fire pits, and watch the stars, watch the sunrise. It really is a perfect getaway to just kind of relax, recharge. You know, each room has its own fireplace, if I haven't mentioned that. I, I mean, there's so much to love about the Nasset Beach. And you deserve it. Think about how often you work. Think about how hard you work. I mean, if Joe Biden can go to St. Croix after what he's been doing, he basically takes every day off, Jared, and he still goes on his vacation. So I want people to treat themselves right now. Go to NossetBeachInn.com to book these beautiful rooms. They've got a bunch of them just opened up. It's NossetBeachInn.com. Reserve your room today. That's NossetBeachInn.com. Yeah, under $200 for this winter. You're not going to find that deal anywhere else. No, you're not. Definitely not in St. Croix, I'll tell you that much. We'll be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. Call one 844 perfect smile or visit PerfectSmiles.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurlyShow.com, is do you make New Year's resolutions? Yes, I do. I, I like any excuse to write a list, so yeah. <laughs> Only 16% of the audience agrees with you. 84% say they do not, myself included. That's kind of, to me, that's kind of, I don't know. Can't approve on perfection, Grace. Is that your reasoning? That's my reasoning. Okay. Um, I like turning over a new leaf. I like any excuse. I I mean, I do this every single morning. I'm like, oh, new day, start again. So when you get the chance to say new year, start again, I'm excited for it. And I'll tell people a couple of mine because I did write down a list yesterday. I know. So corny. I wrote down read more because at night it's so tempting to scroll on your phone. It hurts my head. I know I shouldn't be doing it. And I do notice when I read more, I'm a little sharper on the air. So we all benefit from my New Year's resolution. Plus, what's my constant resolution, Jared? Let's see how well you know me. I'm looking for the water jug on the on the table right now. And it's I not going well. Don't see it. <laughs> yeah. Drink more water. You know what it is? It's like, uh, I got that Stanley, that trendy water bottle. And... My mom got it for me for Christmas, and I, I do like it. I don't know. Sometimes it just gets that taste of the the metallic oh, taste. Yeah. And I just don't know how to shake that. I don't like regular water, and I can't. I'm trying to train myself to like it so I'll drink more of it. But it's 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 my cross to bear, I guess. So, yeah, read more, drink more water. And was there another one? Maybe be a little bit more positive. 
Sometimes I start the day off and I'm in a little bit of a cranky mood. So maybe just bring a little bit more positivity to the show every day would be a good one. But I encourage everyone to make a New Year's resolution. Oh, and another one. Cook more. Cook more, which you guys know every year I talk about doing. But this year, this year is going to be my year. We'll be right back. We're going to talk to Dave and Marcus. And then we're going to talk about Joe Biden's St. Croix vacation. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. 